0: a great vacation earlier this month as my family and I went to the North Carolina Outer Banks uh, for a beach getaway. I took my wife, Laura, uh, our two sons, Luke and Nathan, and some of Laura's family got to join us. Her parents were there, her sister, our brother-in-law, and their two children. So we had four boys. uh, One was 11, two seven-year-olds, and a four-year-old. And uh, we're all in one house, and we had some aunts and uncles and cousins kind of coming and going. So it was kind of crazy, chaotic, fun vacation kind of time. And We had a a great time, and for the most part, those four boys got along pretty well together, but you might not be surprised that sometimes they got into arguments and got fussy, and so it was good for us to get out of the house and get out to the beach where people can kind of spread out and and kind of do their own thing, and so when we would go to the beach, we'd go over by boat to the National Seashore, uh, the Cape Lookout National Seashore, and so it's like 50 miles of beach. Nothing but sand and water. There's no wings. There are no neon signs. There are not even any houses out there. So if you like to get away, this is the place for you. And so, you know, one of those mornings we had kind of, a, you know, just a kind of frustrating, anxiety kind of filled morning and the boys were at each other's throats. And so we got out, got out to the seashore, right? 50 miles of beach, 50 miles of beach, anywhere they could go. You know what they did? They all huddled right there together. And so we got a picture of that, and that's human nature, isn't it? And so uh, for a while, it was sweet, and they were doing their thing, building sandcastles and stuff, but pretty soon, some of that anxiety from the morning carried over, and pretty soon, they were fighting over one trench that led to the moat around the castle, and they all wanted to work on this one trench, and they started getting in fights, And, and I'm sitting in my beach chair, getting ready to absolutely lose it. I know you wouldn't do that on vacation, or that your kids or grandchildren don't fight, but I'm thinking... 50 miles of beach and you all settle in one spot together, you could dig a trench down there all by yourself for miles and miles and miles. Why are you so focused on being on top of each other 50 miles and you're here together fighting? And so I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm trying to pray, God, give me the Holy Spirit because I'm not feeling that spirit right now. And uh, it kind of took me back to Galatians that we looked at last week with Pastor Lindsay and Uh, The Apostle Paul was a first century pastor and uh, he wrote letters to some of the churches that he started and one of those was in Galatia and he he wrote them this letter. He's talking about how our relationship with God is not about rules, it's about a relationship. And he says, it'll be obvious if God's in your life. Uh, And so this came to my mind as I'm stewing in my beach chair on this beautiful paradise and and these words kind of came up to me in my mind, Galatians chapter 5. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not uh, gratify the desires of the flesh. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of anger, selfish ambition. Discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition. This sounds like my children on vacation. Uh, Dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. That did not happen on my vacation, for the record. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, right? If if we have God in us, this is kind of what we look like is love and joy and forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things there is no law. And I'm thinking that doesn't look like me right now. Right? Have, have you ever been in that position to where you, you just can't bring up any more patience? You just can't bring up any more gentleness. You just can't bring up any more self-control. You're at your wit's end. You're done. That's it. You know what? It just seems like God's not living in me because I cannot produce any more of that on my own. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think we do. And so, so how can we get the fruit of the Spirit? We've been in a whole sermon series, a whole message series on the Holy Spirit, and and yet even your pastor, some of this stuff seems elusive. So how can we grab a hold of what the Holy Spirit offers to us? I want to talk about that today and hopefully get you and get me able to dial into that because it, it, it's real life stuff. And so I want to dive, first of all, back into the Old Testament. We're going to go about 850 years before Jesus is even born. The king of Israel is a guy named Ahab, and his queen is Jezebel, and they are wicked. The Bible says they are evil. They are, they are bad rulers, and, and they have taken the people of God away from God. And they're worshiping these false gods that don't exist, but the people around the area think they do, and they worship all these false gods. They got the people of God worshiping false gods, and, and the number one kind of God they were worshiping's name was Baal. And so they, they were led astray, and so God, not happy with this, so he sends them a prophet, a spokesperson. His name's Elijah. God sends Elijah, go straighten out King Ahab, go straighten out Jezebel. God's so mad that he withholds rain for like over three years. Right, so he finally gets their attention. So Elijah goes, and it takes a lot of courage and inspiring by the Spirit to go. And, and he goes, and he addresses uh, the king and the queen, and he proposes like kind of a duel between the prophets, a contest. He said, you send out the prophets of Baal, I'll show up, and we'll have a contest. We'll both offer sacrifices to our gods. There's only one God, by the way. Uh, and we'll call out to our gods to bring down fire from heaven, and the real God will do that. And so it seemed like a good deal to Ahab, Jezebel. So they send out 450 prophets of Baal and they go out and they go first and they make a sacrifice to the god Baal. Uh, they, They dance, they chant, they sing, they start, you know, the crack of dawn and it gets to noon and nothing's happening. So Elijah is kind of a smart aleck. He starts trash talking. You know, maybe you should try a little louder. You know, maybe your God's in the bathroom somewhere. You know, come on, you know, what, what are you doing? And so the, the 450 uh, prophets of Baal, they start freaking out. And they try to take matters into their own hands. And they, they pray harder. They dance harder. They shout. They, can, they reach out to Baal. And they start cutting themselves with knives so the blood will attract their God. I mean, what kind of God is that? And, and nothing. Nothing, no fire from heaven. So finally their their chance is over. Elijah comes up, he offers his sacrifice, and uh he has a trench dug around his his sacrifice and uh he, he brings out water which is a precious commodity now and he pours it all over the, the, the animal, he pours it into the trenches so that if the when the fire from heaven comes down, there'll be no mistake. It's gonna it's gonna dust all of the water and just show there is one true God. So that's where we kinda come in. On the story in first kings chapter 18 at the time of sacrifice the prophet elijah stepped forward and prayed lord the god of abraham isaac and israel let it be known today that you are god in israel and that i am your servant and have done all these things at your command answer me lord answer me so these people will know that you lord are god and that you are turning their hearts back again Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. And when all the people saw this, all the people, they fell prostrate and cried, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. All the people, not just the the followers of God, but the followers of Baal and the prophets of Baal. They said, this is the real God, the real deal. And I think it's interesting and noteworthy that they didn't say, Hey, look how great Elijah is. He brought down this fire from heaven. What a prophet! What a man of God. And the, the God is truly like in him. They, they were so directed to God because it was such an incredible miracle. They just bypassed Elijah as they should have done and said, This is the real God. Now, those of us who follow Jesus have received the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. It's part of God that, that lives inside of us. And so we, like Elijah, should be different from other people that we know. And I think the challenge that, that could become a, a disappointment or, or discouragement is those of us who are full of the Holy Spirit, it could be disturbing, it could be discouraging if, if we are not different than people who don't have God in their lives. Not that we're better, but that because God is in us, our lives should reflect patience. Our lives should reflect love. Our lives should re- reflect uh, just this forgiveness, this spirit of the, the fruit of the spirit. And so in our lives, that, that should happen. But And sometimes I think we're, we're, we're a little bit like the prophets of Baal. When things aren't going the way that we think they are, the way that we want them to, then And sometimes we take God out of the equation and we try to we try to take control of the situation. And we try to use our talents and our knowledge and our wisdom to to run our life. And and we ignore that the Holy Spirit lives in us. Now, that's not to say that we don't play a role in in our relationship with God in the world. I mean, if 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 we're students, we want to get good grades and we have to study hard. Absolutely. We have a role to play. And we also can invite the Holy Spirit to help us. If we want to be great at our job, wherever we are, then we need to work hard, right? So we have certain responsibilities, uh, and and we also rely on God. It just seems like a lot of times, though, we're like those prophets of Baal. We try to take things so much into our own hands that that we leave God out. And, And we ignore that the Holy Spirit, this powerful Holy Spirit that can rain down a fire from heaven, lives in us, too. And so I think that's, that's a challenge that we learn from this story in Elijah. I love this quote in Francis Chan's book, For God, God, that we've been reading along with the message series. He says, sometimes we focus on what God wants us to do and we forget to be the people God wants us to be. Right? We're, we're, we're so much focused on what God's calling us to do that we forget to be the people that God wants us to be. What is it? Who does God want us to be? God wants us to be reliant upon God. We can't do it on our, uh, by ourselves. Our wisdom and our abilities, our, our actions, uh, our talents can only take us so far and we have to surrender and invite the Holy Spirit in to do that in us just like it did in Elijah. Now I want to jump forward to the New Testament uh, because it, it really gives me hope and I hope it gives you hope as we think about why is patience elusive for me or why is love elusive for me? why? You know all these fruits of the spirit, right? The kindness, the gentleness, the self-control, right? I, I can't conjure up any more of that. How how can I tap into that? Let's see what the the writer in the New Testament book of James has to say. This is a first century writer. He's writing to Christians in the first century in the in the Eastern Mediterranean world, uh, and a lot of people believe that he's James, the brother of Jesus, right? The the brother of Jesus, the son of God, who was one of the instrumental leaders in the early church and. James is talking about Elijah, the guy that we just read about, and and he has some pretty interesting things to say about Elijah. So James chapter 5. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. Elijah was a person just like you and me. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops, right? So Elijah was in tune with God's will. He asked something of God that God was ready to do and called him to to ask for. And so Elijah became this amazing person who displayed this awesome faith and was part of miracles, right? Elijah doesn't even die. God comes and takes him up into heaven in a fiery chariot, right? So this Elijah... Is like it's amazing, right? We read scripture and we see all these people in the Bible, like Moses and Esther and Elijah, and we think, "Wow, I wish I could have a life like that. I wish I could have faith like that." But you know, I, that's not me. I'm just an everyday person, and that's what James is saying. Is Elijah's just like you and me? Right? You and I can be full of the Spirit just like Elijah. Right? What, what's the difference, Elijah? prayed fervently. He tapped into the Holy Spirit. It wasn't just Elijah. It was the Spirit working through him. And God did amazing things through Elijah. And if God can do that through Elijah, who's just like you and me, then God can do amazing things through us as well. So maybe some questions for us to wrestle with is, uh, has anyone ever uh, like just been blown away by your level of patience? or blown away by your level of kindness or gentleness or self-control or your ability to love? Has anyone ever looked at your life and said, wow, your God is really God because I see that God working through you, Has anyone ever seen you live your life and and see the way that the Holy Spirit works through your life? They've seen you live your life and it causes them to want to praise and worship God. To say, wow, John, I love the way that you're living your life. I, I've got to stop right now and just give God praise and thanks for the way God's working through in your life, right, Susan? You, you are, you're killing it for God. The Spirit is in you, right? And 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 man, you're you're such an awesome example. I'm going to stop and give God some praise right now. I'm going to thank God for you and your witness, right? Has anyone ever said that? Are done that because of the way that the Holy Spirit is living in your life, because the Spirit is ready. Just like Elijah, God is ready to work in our lives. Now, I've got to tell you that in South Park Church, I have seen a lot of you folks who the Holy Spirit is living in, and it causes me to praise God and to thank God that I am a part of your life and see God working through you. And there are a lot of God-anointed, Holy Spirit-filled people in this congregation. I know that there are a lot of folks right now who are caretakers in our church of loved ones who are battling some major illnesses or diseases, and, and it's hard, and it weighs heavy on the on the family, and there's a lot of stress and anxiety, and, and, and these folks have their moments, right, where they lose it and they get mad, and that's normal, and that's okay, right? But the overall... Uh, Person And and the overall sense of of existence of of the people who are caregivers in our church is so full of the Holy Spirit. So full of patience and so full of love and gentleness and kindness against incredible odds. And, And I see God working in you and it inspires me. There's others in our congregation that I see that that your kindness or your generosity or your patience or the way that you love people is truly filled only with the power of the Holy Spirit and, and you inspire me and it makes me worship God and to give thanks to God for the ways that the Holy Spirit are working through you. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that later in the message, about some specific ways that God is at work among us. And so I see that. In your lives, the Holy Spirit is at work in ways that get people to take notice and to give God thanks and to give God praise. So what? So what does this mean for me personally, for you personally sitting there or watching online? you know What, what is scripture that we've, we've kind of jumped around a little bit? What is it saying to us as a whole? What's the main like message? What's the theme today that, that God's trying to say from the Old Testament, from the New Testament, I think the so what moment is this. By every measure that actually counts, we need the Holy Spirit desperately. By every measure that actually counts, we need the Holy Spirit desperately. And I'm not talking about how much money you make. I'm not talking about where you live or what clothes you wear or how good looking you are or what schools that you went to. I'm talking about the way that that we love each other and the way that we're patient with each other, the way that we're kind with each other, the way that we forgive each other and and we have self-control and we have a peace about us even when our world is falling apart all around us that, that we are at peace because the Holy Spirit lives in us. I think God calls us to to walk with the Holy Spirit, not only to rely on, on the gifts and the abilities and the wisdom God has given us. Those are important, right? But we are called to be reliant upon God, reliant upon the Holy Spirit. Maybe another way that I can say it today is that I don't want my life to be able to be explained without the Holy Spirit. I want to be a vessel for God that, that people look at me and say, there's no way Kyle Thompson could do that. That has to be the Holy Spirit at work in his life. Right, a great example of that is, is who I married. Right, I married way up, y'all. If y'all don't know my wife, Laura, uh, she has no business being with someone like me. The only reason I'm in a relationship with her is the power of the Holy Spirit. Right, And, and I want to be a father like that. I want to be a husband like that. I want to be a pastor like that to say, wow, the only way that Kyle could be a father like that or a husband or a friend or a pastor is that the Holy Spirit is flowing through him. That's nothing that he can do on his own. Do you have similar desires that we don't want our lives to be explained or be explainable without the Holy Spirit right in the middle? And if so, how do we do that? How do we grab upon the Holy Spirit? How do we we get that fruit of the Spirit? Because even your pastor has his moments where that is so elusive. Right, so, so how do we tap into the Holy Spirit? I think Pastor Lindsay said it great last week. She said there's a passive kind of way of interacting with the Holy Spirit and there's an active way of interacting with the Holy Spirit. right When we choose to follow Jesus, right to, to believe in Him and invite him to be our Lord and Savior because of what He did for us on the cross, right Coming from heaven to die and to die on a cross and to come back to life right. When we become followers of Jesus, Right? He sends the Holy Spirit into us. It's like a package deal. Right? And so that's a passive thing. We, we receive the Holy Spirit. Right? God the Father and Son send the Holy Spirit to us. right? We receive that. So then the active part of that is that we must choose for the rest of our lives to walk with the Holy Spirit. Right? That, that we want to be in the Spirit's presence. Well, what does that look like? I, I, think, it, I think you boil it down to simply is spending time with the Holy Spirit. Spend time talking to the Holy Spirit, listening for the Holy Spirit. Right? We spend time. The more we spend time in the presence of someone, the more we become like them. I think it's, I think it's actively saying, God, I need you to give me the fruit of the Spirit. I've run out of patience. I've run out of self-control. I am out of love, God. I'm, I'm at my wit's end, Lord. I cannot do it without you. I need you to fill me is the way that we invite the Holy Spirit to, to come into our lives. right? And what I'm talking about is, is one of the three core values of our church is transformation. God meets us where we are, and he helps us become something more. God meets us where we are, and he helps us become something better. right? Transformation, that's a core value, one of the three core values of our church And one of the core ways that that we practice that, a core practice to receive, tap into the transformation, is daily time in prayer and reading the Bible, right? That we talk to and listen to the Holy Spirit, that we read the Word of God, the, the Bible, the Scripture of God, right? For some of us, it might be five minutes. For some of us, it might be 10 minutes. For some of us, it might be an hour, right? But that we are intentionally doing that. For several years now, we've tried to do that every day at the same time as a congregation. At 109 a.m. or p.m., whether you're a morning person or afternoon person, we've asked everyone to stop in their day, set your calendar on your phone, on your watch, and pray at 109, right? Taken from Joshua 1.9 in the, in the Old Testament, Joshua 1.9, that says, God says to us to be bold and to be courageous and that He is with us, right? And we pray at 109, God, make us bold as a congregation, Make me bold as a follower. God, work through me so that I can reach our community for you, God. And so maybe if you've fallen off from doing that, maybe now is a great time. I would like to invite us all to start setting our watches, setting our phones again, 109, praying that God would make us a supernatural church, that the Spirit drives through us and changes us and changes the people in our lives and changes our community. And say, Spirit, give me that fruit of the Spirit, Lord. Let me walk with you. Let me be filled like Elijah is filled with the Holy Spirit. So I invite you to that core practice of daily prayer and daily scripture reading with God to be able to do that. And I think God calls us to do that as individuals. I think God calls us to do that as families. Do we pray together as families? I think God calls us to do that as small groups and life groups and, and all within the church. And I think God calls us to do that as a congregation. right? And, and I, God calls us to be a supernatural church lit on fire with the Holy Spirit to transform the South Park community where God planted us. And and there's things that we're doing that there's no way we could be doing them without the power of the Holy Spirit. Over the past seven years, we have been involved in what was started out as the Dream Big South Park Project. It's now the Love South Park Project in which we believe God's calling us to relaunch our church. We're a 53-year-old church, started out in the Sharon community. Now it's the South Park community. We believe God called us to relaunch the church to reach the South Park community just as we reached the Sharon community. A big part of that is that we're redeveloping our campus. That's why we're here worshiping in a movie theater right across the street from the South Park Mall. uh, You see a bunch of construction going on, Uh, building a church there. And around us are going to be apartments. They're going to be a hotel, shops and restaurants and the churches in the center. And our goal of this apex South Park development is to reach people for God. And there's no way we could have come this far without the power of the Holy Spirit. There's no way. We had to convince the congregation right to believe this is God's will. Is it really God's will? We had to test that and that was a challenging thing to do. We had to convince the city of Charlotte, the city council. we had to convince a land developer, children's Klein properties, we had to convince big business. We had to convince the United Methodist Church on many different levels, right There is no way possible that we would be here without the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's not Pastor Kyle, it's not the leadership team, it's not the building planning team, it's not the congregation, it is God. And we face so many obstacles. There's so many times that this thing almost went away, almost, you know, died on the table. And again and again and again, the Holy Spirit came through because the Holy Spirit wants people in South Park and our community of South Charlotte to know the love of God, the saving love of God. And so we wouldn't be here without the power of the Holy Spirit. And now the Spirit is using us as a model. We we have churches from all over the U.S., even churches in Europe, who are reaching out to us about this. We spoke at a national conference earlier this, this month uh, in, in July. We've got a national group coming to visit us next month. They, they've they got a big uh, fancy uh, uh, grant that they got from a foundation to study churches like us. They're coming, they're starting with us. And it's just humbling to see this. We're going to be in Charlotte Magazine next month in August. Uh, go get your copies you got to buy, like a, a, a copy and it, it's just we're a feature article and it's just amazing and humbling that God is using us as an inspiration to other Christian churches around the world to be able to help reach their communities with the Holy Spirit. We could not do this without the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you another way that we couldn't do it. we couldn't do it without your spirit of generosity. I want to jump back into the Bible again. This time we're going to be again in the New Testament in the book of Acts. It's short for the actions of the apostles, the early leaders of the church in the first century. And the early church was so full of the Holy Spirit. Thousands of people were coming to believe. They were healing people, bringing people back from the dead. Uh, They were standing up to the people that killed Jesus. It was just tremendous what was going on. And so I want to show you a slice of life from Acts chapter 2 of what the early church looked like. And They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together, and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So the early church is worshiping together. They're breaking bread together. Uh, they're spending time in fellowship together. They're serving their community together. And they're being generous, right? They're giving their time and they're giving their money, right? So when someone had a need, someone was sick, an, an, another believer would, would pay for it, or they would sell something or sacrifice something for the good of the community. Right? This, this wasn't forced. It's not communism or you know, forced socialism. This was just the love of Jesus. People saying, I've got, you don't have, and so I'm going to help you because the Spirit is calling us to do that. That's a spirit of generosity. Right? That's another of our core values here at South Park Church is generosity. We believe that God has given us so very much in our lives, and, and it's our joy to give back to God both with our time and our talents but also with, with our finances, our funding, our money. And, and we use our money for God to transform our community. And so with our Love South Park project, it's a multi-million dollar project and it's amazing what God's been able to do. And through your generosity, we just completed a capital campaign, the Love South Park capital campaign, in which we made commitments of $1.9 million to, to be paid to the church in a 24-month period. I've got a slide today to show you that already we have received almost $700,000 of that $1.9 million dollars which means you are incredibly generous and and you're living up to the commitments that you made. And and so we're about 30% of the way through the giving phase and we're almost to 40% of the money having been given. And so I just want to thank you as your pastor for being like the book of Acts, where you sacrifice financially for the good of the kingdom of God and to share the Holy Spirit with others. And on top of that, we give every week to the ministry budget that supports everyday ministry outside of the campus right? Ministry to men and women and children, young and old. Uh, and we do ministry here in South Park. We do ministry in the United States and, and we do ministry all around the world. And I've got those numbers, mid-year numbers, right? So so far we should have brought in $373,500 and we brought in right at $365,000, so we're about $8,000 behind, which is nothing compared to the size of our budget. Leadership team and I, were very comfortable with that. We're going to make that up and then some. And so you're generous again on top of what you're giving to the capital campaign and Love South Park, our new campus. And so this makes ministry possible. I want to show you a few ways that it does. First, on a local level, I've got a picture here of some ladies that allow me to go with them every month to some of the nursing and assisted living facilities in our community. And we go around and we worship with them. We sing hymns, and uh, they drown me out, thank goodness, uh, in that process. Uh, We offer Holy Communion. uh, And so you can see we're competing with the Prices Right, right? We turn the TV off when we're doing all this. But we're spending time with some of the people in our community who a lot of them feel the most abandoned the most lost, the most lonely. Uh, A lot of them are not in good health and some of them don't have loved ones to come visit. And so we're bringing them the body of Christ. And your generosity makes that possible. You're making a difference to lots of people in our community. Our students just got back yesterday and they're, they're already in church with us today. Our students, grades six through 12, got back from a trip, uh, an outreach trip to Hurricane West Virginia. Who knew there was a town called Hurricane West Virginia in which our students went to establish relationships with people who lived there and other students from around the nation. And they worked on building projects. They built wheelchair ramps. They, they put shingles on roofs and for people who can't afford to do that for themselves. And your generosity sent them there to be able to do that. So we're, we're reaching people in South Park. We're reaching people in the United States of America. Earlier this year, we shared with you some, some updates from our outreach team that went down to Haiti, By a Haiti. We got a picture of some of them and we were down there checking on our clean water projects and we have several clean water projects that are in the works down there. Uh, some of that's from a Christmas Eve offering, sending the mission t- trip down there though. A lot of that was through your generosity through the ministry budget. And so we see that getting clean water to the people of Haiti is saving thousands of lives. And so through your generosity, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we're transforming our community, we're transforming the United States, we're transforming the world. Just like it says in Scripture that we're called to do. I'm so proud to be your pastor and to see the Holy Spirit working through you. It makes me praise God because the Spirit is driving this whole thing. Now back to our building project right across from the South Park Mall. We took a film crew there a couple of weeks ago and we did a tour. We want to show you what's going on. Because when you drive around the campus, it's cool to see, but there are a lot of big buildings and you can't see on the inside. So we want to give you an inside look at what the Holy Spirit and your generosity are making possible. Check this out.
1: Hey, and welcome to Apex. This is the new home of South Park Church. And uh, we want to take a few minutes and just show you the progress of what has happened here on the site And so let's take a few minutes, so let's go ahead and walk around the campus. So we've just walked down where Coltsgate ties into Apex. This little side alley will eventually lead us to Sharon Station. This is the hotel site. This is where the nine-story Hyatt-centric hotel will go with its rooftop garden restaurant. This is our church site. For most of you who have watched the project for any period of time, recognize it as the boomerang. From this side is our first floor commercial space that the church will own. Above it will be our our second floor and performing arts center that will be phased at a later time. And then as we go around the corner, we'll have our lobby space and whatnot. Our ultimate
0: vision is to bring Jesus to the South Park community. The way that we're doing that in this development is we're going to live life together it's going to be a village where people live work eat shop play and in the heart of that's going to be our church the goal of loving our neighbors uh, as jesus has called us to do as uh, he loved us and so we're super excited to see this vision coming into reality and uh, our scriptural inspiration for this is the woman at the well that jesus met Uh, she didn't go to the well to find god she went to the well to do an everyday activity to get the water And while she was there, she encountered Jesus. And so what you're seeing here is that we're digging a lot of wells uh, so that we can reach our community for Christ.
1: So behind me here, where you've got the concrete containers, that's the parking garage. Right now, it looks like a massive hole down here. There's elevators, there's stairs that are being built. And what's deceiving is from that angle, It looks like you've only got about a five story building. When you get up here and look down, there's two stories underground that are even, um, make this that much larger and bigger and uh, expansive. When this started five years ago for me, it was the Dream Big South Park. And it was this idea of, of how do we do life together with our neighbors. And that's never changed. And THIS WAS NEVER ABOUT A BUILDING. THIS WAS ABOUT HOW DO WE DO MINISTRY FROM 2019 AND FORWARD. AND THE BUILDING NOTHING MORE THAN THE TOOL THAT WE'RE HOPING TO USE TO ACCOMPLISH THAT. IS THAT A GOOD WAY TO PUT IT? ABSOLUTELY. Uh, THIS PERIOD THAT WE CALL THE FRONTIER AS WE'RE OUT
0: IN THE, in the COMMUNITY KIND OF BEING PIONEERS, uh, IT'S BEEN ONE OF THE BEST um, PARTS OF OUR HISTORY IN OVER 50 YEARS OF MINISTRY BECAUSE IT'S REALLY REMINDED US THAT CHURCH IS NOT ABOUT A BUILDING. It's about people and relationships. That can be in a movie theater, it can be in a church campus in the middle of Apex. Wherever we are, we establish relationships with Jesus. So that's the vision. Excellent.
1: So thank you for taking some time to tour Apex, the new home of South Park Church. We would ask, as we continue down this journey, that you continue to pray for this team. You pray for the subcontractors that will be working with us the continued coordination with J.E. Dunn and Childress Klein, who have been great partners. Um, we need your prayers, um, but we are excited to be part of this project. We look forward to grand opening in 12 to 14 months and seeing what God's gonna do in South Park.
0: God, thank you so much for this vision you've given. Thank you for the history of this property, God. We pray special blessings on all those who are constructing it for safety, God, and also that we'll be able to minister them in the process. We pray for all those who will be coming to Apex, God, that you would truly make this a spiritual center of our city. God, we love you. We thank you. Thank you for calling us together to do something great. And it's only through you, God, that we can do this. To the Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. By the power of the Holy Spirit, that's what's going on. By your faithfulness and your generosity. Uh, I did have someone say to me, though, that I look like somebody from the village people in that uh, kind of movie. So, uh, you know, you can't please everybody, but that that's probably pretty much true. I uh, had one more thought about my beach trip as we think about all of the thousands, the tens of thousands of people that are going to be living in those apartments and coming to those restaurants and, and shopping in those stores and working and staying in that hotel. And I thought about the boys on the beach that day, and that was just, that was like only one example, right? A small part of our whole vacation where they weren't getting along. Pretty much every time we were on the beach, it was, it was a beautiful thing to see. And even that same day, it's a beautiful thing to see that on 50 miles of beach, 50 miles of beach, they could have done whatever they wanted to, they wanted to be together. Because I, I believe that the scripture teaches that we were created to be in relationship. We're created to be in relationship with God. We're created to be in relationship with each other. And those boys coming together just to, to be close together shows you what it means to be human. right? We're not perfect and we make mistakes, but, but we're called to be together. That's our third core value at South Park Church is relationships. Right? It's really our first core value. It's, it's all about loving God and loving each other. And so what I'm asking you to continue doing is let the Holy Spirit flow through us so that we can be a supernatural church that through the power of the Holy Spirit transforms our community, our nation, our world because God is so awesome and mighty and wants to pour God's self into us and out into the world. There are people that need Jesus right here in our community, right? And so for us to reach them, it's going to take everything that we can do, but most especially to rely on Jesus. And I want, I want to leave you with a couple of quotes. When we live by our own power and strength, relying solely on our natural talents to see us through, people naturally praise us for how we are living. Right? We don't want it to be, wow, look at South Park Church. Wow, look at the building planning team. Wow, look at the staff. Wow, look at Pastor Kyle. Wow, look at the leadership team. That's, that's not what we're doing. When we live in a way that requires us to depend on the Holy Spirit, People respond by praising God. There's no way that church, there's no way that pastor, there's no way that group could do this without the power of the Holy Spirit. By every measure that really counts, we need the Holy Spirit desperately. By every measure that really actually counts, we need the Holy Spirit desperately. And so do our neighbors. And so does South Park, and so does our country, and so does our world. So, brothers and sisters, may we continue to be a supernaturally powered church of the power of the Holy Spirit to do what God has called us to do. Great job, South Park Church. You are doing it. Let's continue letting the Holy Spirit lead us to what is next. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Let us pray. Gracious and ever-loving God, gracious Holy Spirit, thank you for the way that you're moving in our lives as individuals, as families, as life groups, God, as small groups, as, as a congregation. God, you've done things among us uh, that, that none of us could do without you, and it's clear that your spirit is with us. And we know that the tens of thousands of people that will be coming to Apex South Park, God, want to be together. And ultimately, they want to know you, even if they don't fully understand or grasp that yet, God. And so use us as your instruments to be a light to our community. We're looking forward to moving in next uh, next year, God, late next year. We pray for this Tuesday as we come up, hopefully, for our last round with permitting so we can get in the dirt and get rocking and rolling with, with our campus, God. And we're so excited about that. But God, help us not to wait to get in the game. There are people now who need you. People in South Park, people in our community in South Charlotte, in our families, in our workplaces. Where we go to school with our neighbors, God, who need to see the Holy Spirit at work in our lives and through our ministries, through this theater and out in the community. So Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Continue to pour yourself into us. Make us a supernatural church that does your work in the It's in your name that we pray today. Amen. Please stand and join us in singing our closing song.